All right, welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Crowd Noise Podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Martinez, on a Thursday, January 17th, 2019. It's a pretty special episode today. Uh, I got a brand new mic. Uh, You may have already noticed by the quality or lack thereof on the audio of this episode. Um, I I hate it. I'm not going to lie. I think it sounds horrendous. But uh, I spent good money worth of uh, Amazon gift cards on the microphone, so we're going to use it at least once. Uh, I'm going to go back and listen to it, the episode. Um, if it sounds as terrible as it was sounding during uh, you know, sound checks and stuff, uh, I'm going to get my money back and uh, we'll go forward from there. I'd been using the microphone on my, my headphones. I mean, the Wii was, it was a really low-budget operation that we were running here. Um, no thanks to uh, any of our sponsors. Uh, by the way, this episode is brought to you by Baboon. They make fantastic bags. I mean, I went online and I actually looked at the quality of the bags. They're ridiculous. I mean, you gotta go, you gotta go check out those bags. Uh, that's baboontothemoon.com. Um, besides that point, thanks for sponsoring this episode. I tried to step it up, try to get a new microphone, something a little bit more professional. Um, it came with like a red sleeve, like you know how the microphones. Uh, you have to have seen it. Like during interviews, they have like different colored. Some teams, like the Nationals, they'll put like their team logo on the microphone sleeve. Looks pretty cool. This one's red, so it kind of looked like that Nationals one. Uh, and it's it's terrible. And you might, uh, I don't blame you if you can't stand the sound of like uh, me me speaking through uh, like an air horn. It sounds like uh, if you don't stick around the whole episode, I'm not holding anything against you. Okay, so uh, there's that. But. Uh, what do we have on the show today? Um, is other than you know a, a muffled version of my voice, which is already pretty irritating when it's crystal clear. So um, I promised last week we're gonna have some NBA. We do. We absolutely have some basketball today. We're gonna lead off with basketball today. Uh, we're gonna kind of go backwards. We're gonna do some basketball first. Um, big storyline heading into the offseason in the NFL. Uh, and it's really a big story right now, is uh, where is Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown going to play in 2019? It's a big question. Uh, it's obviously going to change the Steelers for the much worse. Um, they, they really butchered that. The Steelers are, I, I've said it, they're the most dysfunctional franchise, quite possibly in North American sports. I mean, that it, it's they're really that bad. How do you lose two of the best players at both of their positions? I mean, Le'Veon Bell has to be at least top two, top three running back in the league. Antonio Brown, I would say, is still the best receiver in the league. I mean, as far as just talent, top to bottom, speed, hands, route run, Antonio Brown has to be the best. You lose both of them in one season. I mean, they're both they're both dramatic. They're both divas. But some of that has to fall on Mike Tomlin. Some of that has to fall on the front office of the Steelers. It's, it's just a bad situation there. So we're going to... Um, I guess list, we're not doing another rankings because everyone knows how much I love to rank things. I just love making my rankings that, that are just, uh, you know, they, they don't make any sense. But I'm going to list the teams that I think are in both of those sweepstakes. And then I'm going to narrow it down to the teams that I think actually have a chance of landing those two players. And uh, then I'm going to just pick one team who I think will eventually uh, land Le'Veon and Antonio Brown. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is the easy one. He's a free agent. He can go wherever he wants. So that's that's going to be. I mean, it's it's really easy. The tough one is Antonio Brown because he has to be moved by, uh, via trade. And uh, Antonio Brown, we all know he's the pettiest man in the NFL. And the Steelers front office is the pettiest front office in the NFL. So it's not going to be easy. I, I wouldn't suspect Antonio Brown being dealt 
before the draft or, or even uh, you know closely after the draft, I think it's going to take a while for him to get dealt. Uh, and if he were dealt by the draft, it'd have to be for like it, it'd be on draft day. It would, Antonio Brown would be dealt like to the, the 49ers or the Cardinals for their, their first pick. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and get into that. And then after that, predicting when uh, or where those two players are going, we're going to do championship picks. Um, I was embarrassed last week. I mean, I, I my picks are just horrendous. They, I looked real bad last week picking against the Patriots. Um, they just they throttled the Chargers at home on national television. Uh, I didn't really enjoy that game. I was right in picking the Saints, although I probably got a little bit lucky. Uh, we're going to be talking about that. And then uh, a quote of the week, a very recent quote of the week. I don't know how many times we've had a quote of the week that came the day before the podcast. I probably already gave it away just by saying that, but we're going to have a pretty solid quote of the week. So let's go ahead and get right into it. We got a great show. We have a great, great show today, which bums me out because I don't, again, I did a sound check. I know how the audio is. It's terrible. It's no good. Uh, but I'm going to go, I'm so stubborn. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, tarnish this this uh, good material that I have today with, with poor audio because I, I bought the microphone. I used, I used good Amazon gift cards on on this terrible microphone and uh i I intend to use it for at least one episode and then i'm probably going to return it in which case i'll get my money back and uh it's amazon so i'll probably get a full refund in the next uh, two to three years so um there's that oh i'm also i'm really irritated this week i mean the microphone's terrible i was really excited i was waiting for i just pulled it out of the amazon box like i just got it out of the mail plugged it right in it was really simple to, to you know to use uh that's that wasn't a problem it's just the quality is terrible. I'm not going to tell you how much it is because then you're just going to say, well, of course it was terrible. You spent uh, such and such amount of dollars on it. So I'm not going to tell you how much it was. It wasn't much, but I was expecting a lot. Um, I'm really irritated. Not, my micro- not only my microphone does not work. Um, Anchor Podcast. They're great. Let me just go ahead and say this. Anchor is fantastic. I mean, without Anchor, the app, None of this, I would have none of this. I mean, not the show. I mean, I have nothing. I'd have zero. I wouldn't have this dumb microphone. So, I mean, I guess there's that. But I wouldn't be doing the show every single week, um, I, I, which I enjoy. I wouldn't have any sponsors with what I make like a dollar a week. But I, I love that I get to read, you know, read ads and stuff. So, Anchor, thanks for that. But I have a serious bone to pick, pick with the Anchor app. For those of you who use Anchor, and I know it's not many. A lot of you use the... Um, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, which I like also. Again, if you're on Apple Podcasts, please uh, subscribe, write a review, share it to your friends. I mean, anything we can do to grow this podcast. And the reason I say that is because Anchor is doing a horrendous job of promoting my podcast, this very show, the Crowd Noise Podcast. I don't, did I even say it at the top of the show? I might not have. In case you're wondering, this is the Crowd Noise Podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Martinez. Uh, the front page of the Anchor app, if you use the Anchor app specifically, not the website, but the app, there are two ridiculous and horrendous podcasts that are listed on the front page. One is about Bigfoot, and another has three episodes that combine for a grand total of five minutes of content. That's not an exaggeration. That's not a joke. Uh, three episodes that total five minutes. I think the guy who does it is like from the Lonely Island or something. You remember that band from 2009 who made that video with T-Pain that was funny for like 10 minutes, uh, you know, 10 years ago? Yeah, he's he has a podcast now. Um, and there's another one about Bigfoot. Is he real? Is he not? And they haven't made a new episode since December 18. Um, 
and they're on the front page of Anchor. Meanwhile, if you go look at sports and recreation, which is the category that I, I chose to list this podcast under, you can't even find crowd noise. And I was really irritated by that because uh, you may or may not remember, but I'm a pretty ambitious guy. I think it was our second episode of ever, and I was already asking for sponsors to send me like mattresses and stuff. I was looking for sponsors in my second episode. And please don't go back and look because the very early crowd noise it's horrendous. I mean, it's it's unlistenable. I mean, I wasn't say unwatchable, but yeah, I mean, it's a podcast. You don't watch it, but it's they're bad. Just don't go. But just take my word. I was already looking for sponsors the second episode, so I'm ambitious. And while those people, while the Lonely Island, yeah, he has a, a YouTube video. So what? And by the way, you might be start. You might start seeing some YouTubes from this guy pretty soon. That's all I'm going to say about that. But. And uh, Bigfoot, I mean, I don't, I don't have any proof for or against Bigfoot. I know we're, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're lazy here. We don't do any investigation like that. But it's like, come on, anchor. I mean, hey, put me on the front page. Don't even put me on a second page. I mean, shoot. I mean, why am I'm not even? You're, you're, you're promoting these podcasts that haven't made episodes in, in over a month. And when they do make episodes, they're like thirty seconds a piece. I mean, come on. I'll, I'll make. I'm consistently making episodes. Week after week, I've been told that the, they're good. <laughs> they're not, but that's what I've been told is that they're, they're, the quality is pretty good. They're better. I, I will admit, you know, we, we've gotten a lot better. I've gotten a lot better. You know, the community's growing. I feel like I'm growing myself as, as a podcaster. And uh, I'm wasting a lot of time here complaining, but I just had to get that off my chest. Uh, and I, I'm doing this whole rant about how I should be uh, promoted better on this, like, uh, this read this tin can of a microphone probably so- it sounds like i'm using an android microphone right now and uh, i'm clamoring towards uh, anchor to promote me more but next week we'll not we're not going to have that problem because this is probably the last time i'm ever going to use this microphone so next week uh anchor i better see myself crowd noise on the front page of the app so with that let's go ahead and get into the mba um the los angeles lake we have another laker story and i know you're probably tired and it will, every time steven does an episode about the basketball it's always about the lakers why i mean fair homerism favoritism whatever they're the only team that's worth talking about turn your tvs on they're it's the only team that anyone is talking about is the lakers the only other team that has any kind of uh interest in, in speaking is, is the 76ers and i don't feel like talking about them i mean i can't squeeze out 15 20 minutes out of the sixers jimmy butler that's a different story i mean so Everyone is talking about the Lakers and how bad they are, but they should be. I mean, it, it's not just me. They're the only team. We want to talk about the Raptors. Yeah, they're real good, but Kawhi, is he leaving? Is he staying? He's still inaudible. He's still not saying anything, so they're really not very interesting. The Lakers are the most interesting team in the league, and I would say outside of the Warriors because they're getting back uh, DeMarcus Cousins. What is the date? Tomorrow, they get DeMarcus Cousins back tomorrow, and it looks like they're just hitting their stride too, which is scary. They're just getting into rhythm, and you add DeMarcus Cousins to that. Uh, but I don't know how much material I can get out of that. The Lakers are they are kind of an enigma that only I can solve. And so that's why I like to talk about the Lakers because no one else can figure them out except for me. So we're going to talk about the Lakers again, specifically how they've looked without LeBron James. They're right now. They are four and seven without him. Uh, they've looked. They have no identity on offense. I mean, you if you watch the Lakers play, and this this sounds, I mean, just blasphemous to say, but the Lakers are boring to watch. There, I mean, I don't think that's ever been said before. That even when the Lakers were horrendous and they were running teams out with Ryan Kelly and Robert Sacre, 
they were the Lakers. There was moments, you know, there were fun moments to watch. These Lakers are no fun at all. They don't play defense, which is strange to me because the way their roster is constructed, all they kind of have that positionless basketball going. You know, they Lonzo Ball can guard three positions. Kyle Kuzma can guard five positions. Brandon Egram can guard four. Lance Stevenson. I mean, they have these great defenders, and they're a terrible defensive team. It's, it really, really boggles my mind. And on offense, there's just one guy, one guy dribbling, and four guys. It's a five-out offense, and four are standing, and one is standing and dribbling. There's, it's, it's just they're terrible. They're no fun to watch at all. They have no identity. Um, don't tell me that they're a running team because that's not a good answer. If you want to push the pace, which is where you know basketball is going, okay, fine. But you can't construct your entire offense around we're just going to run and gun. As soon as you get the we're just going to run, 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 run. Because eventually, and this is where they have their problems, you have to play in the half-court offense. You just literally have to. You cannot run your whole offense on the basis of we're just going to run, especially if you're not playing defense. If that's your philosophy, you're just stubborn. No, we're not. We can't shoot. Uh, we don't have a lot of ball handlers. We're just going to run and run and run fast break. Well, then you have to force turnovers, and you have to play defense. You have to get stops. You can't run a fast break off of an inbound. I mean, you just you can't. So, I mean, the Lakers, they have no identity right now. Like I said, they're 4-7 and seven without him uh, since he went down on Christmas Day. He had a groin injury. He, that was actually a quote of the week that week. He said that something popped. And when you, whenever you hear someone say it popped and they're referencing their groin, you kind of cringe a little bit because that's just that's a, a disaster sentence. I mean, that's just, ugh. I don't even want to think about that. Uh, he's supposed to come back later next week. And even that's up in the air. They're projecting he could come back as early as next week. It can be even further than that. Uh, they're 4-7. and seven. And they're going to be 4-10. Because their upcoming schedule, and it's in this order, the Thunder, the Rockets, and the Warriors. In that order is their, is their upcoming schedule. I think it's tonight they play the Thunder. Uh, or tomorrow. It's tonight or tomorrow. I should know that, but I don't. because I'm a, That's why I'm not on the front page, because I don't know the Lakers' uh, exact schedule. Um, those are the three best teams in the West. Outside of the Nuggets, I mean, if you'd pick, and even I don't think the Nuggets they got blown out by the Warriors. I don't think the Nuggets are in the upper echelon of the West. I like the Nuggets. I like Jamal Murray. I like the, the Joker, um, but I still wouldn't put them in that. The upper class of the West is the Thunder, the Rockets, and the Warriors, and they're playing all of those three teams without LeBron, so they're going to go to four and ten. It's going to get worse, and I don't even know if that's a big surprise or if it should be a surprise because. The Lakers without LeBron were going to be bad. I mean, if the Lakers didn't get LeBron this year, let's just say for the sake of the argument, they didn't get Paul George, we would have all expected them to be a lottery team. I mean, we would have. We would have been expecting them to tank for Zion or R.J. Barrett or, or uh, John Moran, any one of those guys. Without LeBron, without Paul George, even even if you add all these veterans who wouldn't have come anyway, but Lance Stevenson, uh, Tyson Chandler, JaVale McGee, they still would have been bad. And they are bad without LeBron. And it kind of goes into what I was warning Again, no one was listening. Um, well, I can't really say that because if you heard if you heard this and you heard that episode, you literally were listening. But no one had heeded by no one heeded my warning. Is that a word? Heeded? Yeah, heed my warning. Is it? I don't know. That's why I'm not on the front page. Um, no one took it serious. Magic Johnson specifically did not heed my warning. Um, 
Because I said, if they don't get LeBron, I mean, well, they got LeBron. If they don't get someone else besides LeBron, another superstar, I mean, top five, top 10, and if you're really reaching, which is what the Lakers are starting to do, top 15 player in the league for the future, they're going to be worse off than what they were before they even got LeBron. Because then at that point, they're going to have to sign all their young guys to big uh, contracts or just let them walk for nothing. Um, yeah, so they're they're really we're gonna we're gonna get into that. I'm kind of spoiling a little bit the rest of the segment here. They're losing game. It's it's they're losing a lot of games right now. Four and seven. They're gonna go to four and ten. And it's not even they play good teams. They're playing good teams this weekend. I just told you the the best teams in the West. But what's really alarming during this this stretch is three things. It's uh, who they're losing to, how they're losing games, and where they're losing games. They've lost to the two worst teams in the entire league, the two biggest dumpster fires, the Knicks and the Cavs. Oh, by the way, both of those were at the Staples Center. And last night, or was it two nights ago, they won. This is why I'm not on the front page. They won, They almost, they wanted to lose. They should not have beat the Bulls the other night at Staples Center. It was a close game throughout. They went on a little run. Uh, the Bulls, could they couldn't score the ball, and they pulled away by, I think it was 11 uh, the Bulls ended up closing the gap. They won that game by seven points. I think it was 100-107. Also, they couldn't even they couldn't even uh, play enough defense to win free tacos. Um, at the end of the game, the Bulls had the ball. They were trying to spoil because uh, the Lakers, if they score over 100 and they hold their opponent to less than 100, everyone gets a free. I mean, it's not even tacos, taco from Jack in the Box. And then they started. They decided they wanted to play defense. They couldn't even tighten up. They fouled the three-point shooter. Uh, they hit enough free throws to score 100 points, and they cost everyone in the building. They should have lost that game. It, it should have never even been that close because the Bulls are terrible also. And uh, earlier in that stretch, uh, four and seven, they were blown out by the Jazz. I mean, they were just destroyed. What the heck is that? <laughs> I don't know if you heard that or not on this new microphone, but it seems like a, a B-52 bomber just flew by my house. I'm already way too far in. I'm not going to start over. If you heard that, just disregard. Um, we might have just started the nuclear World War III. I don't know. I don't know. what. If you heard that, did you guys hear that? Honestly, I'm kind of interested now. Usually I get mad when there's outside noise. That's That was kind of interesting. I don't know what the heck that was. That really threw me off. Okay, so by I mean, you might we might all be dead by the time this episode comes out, but... Uh, if you're not, uh, please seek shelter for what, from whatever that was. Where was I? Okay, they almost lost to the Bulls. They should have. Um, they were blown out by the Jazz. On national television, I watched that game. Uh, on the road, who are a good team, I guess, but I'm not going to come to their defense. I mean, the Jazz are a good team, but they were blown out. They didn't even belong in the same court. And my, my thing that I keep going back to, it's their own fault. The Lakers have done this to themselves. They drafted horrendously at the top they only have one solid dependable asset right now that they've attained through the draft and his name is Kyle Kuzma even Josh Hart is he's a good player but he's inconsistent Kyle Kuzma Kyle Kuzma is inconsistent also but he has a higher uh, ceiling I would say than Josh Hart um, I don't know if his ceiling his ceiling I'm making air quotes I'm kind of I'm turning into the Lakers I'm making up words all oh, his potential his ceiling there's no that's not a physical trait that's not an attribute that's not a skill uh but Kyle Kuzma is the best young player that they have. And to get to add players, they're probably going to have to move him. He's going to be the only player that teams want to trade for if the Lakers want to bring in another superstar uh, via trade. They, they whiffed on Lonzo Ball, who you can, you can 
try and convince yourself that he's a, a functioning starting point guard in the NBA. He's not. I said I never said he would be a bust. Never. And unfortunately, I didn't have the show way back when uh, during last year's draft or two years ago's draft. Was it last year or two years ago? I don't know. This is why I'm not on the front page. Um, I never said he was going to be a bust. I said he's a souped-up Ricky Rubio, and that raised a lot of eyebrows. And people's kind of people kind of wrote me off and said I was an idiot. And now everyone's kind of starting to see, oh yeah, he can't really score. He's not a great shooter. He's terrible at the free. He's kind of like Ricky Rubio. And I said exactly. Um, Brandon Ingram right now is like the most hated man in Los Angeles, maybe second uh, second most hated behind Dave Roberts. But that's a story for another day. Um, everyone wants to trade him. Everyone's out on, on Brandon Ingram, and but they're, they're still trying to hang on to Lonzo Ball, which kind of it kind of confuses me. I don't understand because Brandon Ingram's had an extra year than Lonzo Ball, so he should already be. But I mean, every, it, it's just ridiculous how it's ridiculous. They should trade both of them. I mean, I'm not I'm not defending Brandon Ingram, but I'm saying let's be consistent. Enough with the double standards here. Everyone's tearing down Brandon Ingram, trade Ingram, trade Ingram. If you look at all the Lakers comments on their Instagram, every single one is trade Ingram, but everyone says that Lonzo Ball's a point guard of the future, which I think is hypocritical. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, remember him? He's not even on the team. Uh, I watched last night the Warriors and the Pelicans. Julius Randle, remember him? He, they're not even on the team anymore. They wasted two lottery picks on guys that aren't even on the team anymore. And ironically, if you ask me, if you forced me to choose D'Angelo Russell and Julius Randle or Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram, I would choose D'Angelo Russell and Julius Randle right now. And I wouldn't even hesitate. They are better today. So, I mean, it, it, they not only did they pick the wrong guys consistently, they got rid of the wrong guys Again, they replace them with lesser players because of potential and things like ceiling that, that aren't even skills. They're not attributes. And so one of the uh, the running storylines of the Lakers, when do you hit the panic button? Is it panic time? What do we do? And everyone says no. And I feel like I'll, I agree. No, it shouldn't be. I mean, you're 4-7 you're and seven without your best player in the West. Yeah, you're probably going to lose some games. But... Here's why I should be on the front page. I looked up the definition of panic. What does panic really, really mean? I mean, especially in terms of the Lakers. Does that mean fire Luke Walton? Does that mean trade for Anthony Davis now, Bradley Beal? What does it mean? And so according to dictionary.com, put me on the front page, panic is defined as a sudden overwhelming fear with or without cause that produces hysterical or irrational behavior and then often spreads quickly through a group of persons or animals. Okay, um, everyone's saying the Lakers shouldn't panic and that they're not panicking. But I would argue there's a great fear in Los Angeles, ones that I warned about. A fear that the Lakers could potentially miss out on the playoffs and eventually Anthony Davis. Because they're as of right now, they're the eighth seed, but they're not good. They're going to lose three straight games, so they're going to fall out of the playoffs. Um, they don't have as many assets to trade with the Pelicans as the Celtics have. I've already said that. We're not going to go ahead and get into that. The cause... It says over uh, with or without cause. The cause is they don't have any good players. They don't have anyone who's a, who's good at basketball other than LeBron James. No one that they can count on. Kyle Kuzma's good, but he's inconsistent. You can't really uh, hang your hat on him. Lonzo Ball, he, he can play 21 minutes and, sc and score zero points. I mean, it really, you have no idea what you're going to get from him. Um, they are acting irrationally. They want to fire Luke Walton, who is not the problem. I don't care. I always laugh when when fans and like uh, people always say, oh fire the coach. He's terrible. He look at his system. How many fans really know what if if a coach is good or not? I mean, really, you're not in the practice facility. You don't know what's you, 
90%, actually 98% of fans do not even know what kind of system Luke Walton is running to begin with. And if you think that it, that's a that's fix-all scenario, fire Luke Walton, remember how good they were when they had Byron Scott? Remember those years? They were awful. They're better with Luke Walton. And yes, I get that they have LeBron now, but even last year they were showing signs of improvement under Luke Walton. I mean... I don't, I don't. Luke Walton is not the problem. That's a that's an irrational action. They want to fire Luke Walton, and now they want to trade Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart. They're not getting rid of Kyle Kuzma, but they're gonna have. They don't want to get rid of Kyle Kuzma, but they're gonna have to. They have to part with him to make any kind of, uh, you know, I guess blockbuster deal or any kind of positive deal for for the Lakers right now. Um, they want to get rid of all three or four of those guys for Bradley Beal. They're gonna settle and just make a move. But remember last summer and two summers ago when they wouldn't trade Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball for Kawhi Leonard and for Paul George? Remember that when they turned down they turned down those deals because they figured, oh, they'll just come in free agency anyway. Why are we going to get rid of our young pieces now? And they didn't get any of those guys, and they're not going to get any of those guys because Paul George just signed with the Thunder, and Kawhi Leonard's going to the Clippers. So. They wouldn't trade those guys for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, who are both MVP candidates as of right now. But they're gonna—they're they're so afraid right now. They're acting irrationally. They're trying to figure out ways to. And I've heard another name. The Lakers are interested in Chandler Parson. That's how desperate they are right now. Is that they're looking at Bradley Beal and Chandler Parsons when they had opportunities to make moves for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And there's a fear, again, panic, fear is spreading around. There's a fear that's spreading around the rest of the franchise. Luke Walton is telling the media how much he loves to be the Lakers coach. The other day he said, it's an awesome job. There's lots of sleepless nights, but it's the best job in the NBA. Where did that come from? Uh, it came from the fear that he's going to be fired any minute from now. I don't even, by the end of this podcast, he might be fired. He might be fired during the recording of this podcast. I don't know. Uh, depending on when you listen to this, he may or may not already be fired. Um, Rob Polinka is is roaming the halls with his head down, just kicking his feet around like like Charlie Brown or something. He's walking around the halls of Staples Center trying to figure out how to fix this mess that he's inherited and how, had a hand in creating. And Magic, Magic hasn't been heard from in months. Where's Have you, have you guys heard any kind of comment from Magic Johnson? Remember... In the summer, oh, we, if we don't sign anyone, she can just she won't have to fire me. I'll leave. Well, what have you done? You signed LeBron James. Yes, good. You're not finished. You're not done. He hasn't done nothing. He hasn't said anything. We haven't heard from Magic Johnson in months. So I would say there there is a there's a cause for fear. They're make they're making moves irrationally. They're acting irrationally. And the Fred, the Fred, the the fear is spreading throughout the Lakers organization. Whether they want to admit it or not, they are concerned, and they should be. This is something that they've been. This is a storm that they've been creating for a few years now, and it started when they when they were when they drafted D'Angelo Russell. I know that wasn't Magic Johnson in the Palinka administration, but they only made it worse by getting rid of him. And not only I didn't like D'Angelo Russell. I'm not defending him, but they. They added to the problem by drafting Lonzo Ball instead of one De'Aaron Fox. So they've added, they've not they've added to this problem. 
It's not something that they inherited and they had to fix. No, this they had very they are very much responsible for creating this monster. They're panicking. The Lakers are panicking. They really are panicking. and they should be because it's their own fault. They ha- and the, the problem is they had this this vision they were going to create this big 3 and dethrone the Warriors. How are you going to do that now, Magic Johnson? Because you're not signing anyone in free agency. I can tell you that right now. Klay Thompson is not leaving. Kyrie Irving is not leaving. Kevin Durant is probably leaving, probably leaving but he hates LeBron James, so he's not going to the Lakers. Uh, Jimmy Butler doesn't want to play anywhere, so he's, I don't, he doesn't want to play with anybody. So you're not getting him. And the only, so the only other way you can, uh, you can get an Anthony Davis, a Damian Lillard, uh, who had Bradley Beal, is through trade. And you can't get two of them. No one has enough assets to get two superstars. Nobody. I mean, not even the Celtics. I, I mean, it would be tough for them to get two superstars uh, via trade and not through free agency signing. And the assets that they do have are depreciating by the minute. Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, even Kyle Kuzma. He had a 40-point game a few weeks ago. What has he done since then? I haven't heard from him. Have you? The Lakers are in a lot of trouble. They, they've they created this storm. They're not getting any better. And we're catching a glimpse of it. You know, it's it's really bad. The Lakers are they're, they're struggling. Luke Walton is on the verge of being fired. They're talking about trading these assets that they wouldn't they wouldn't have given away for the world a few years. Like just last year, they wouldn't have gotten rid of Lonzo Ball for anybody. And now they're they're looking at Chandler Parsons. It's they're in a bad situation. And what I like about this is that this is just a taste. This is just a glimpse of what is to come post LeBron. Because while he is there for the next two years, he's not staying all four years, I can promise you that. So he's staying there for the next two years of his three out of his four-year deal. What do you have planned afterwards? It's only going to get worse. Because by then, you have to make a decision. Do we sign Brandon Ingram? Do we sign Lonzo? All all those guys' rookie contracts are going to be up. They're going to be looking for money. Because as terrible as they are, everyone in the NBA and everyone in professional sports is just looking for as much money as they possibly can get. So what do you do? Do you let them walk for nothing? Do you trade them for next to nothing? Chandler Parsons, Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal's a good player, but he's got a huge contract. I don't know if you want if he's the player you want to, you know, carry carry the franchise post LeBron. Certainly not for me. They'll win games. And I think if you trade for Bradley Beal, you could potentially get to the finals. Because remember, when they had LeBron, they were pretty good. The Lakers were pretty solid. But of course, because he's LeBron James. This isn't about that. This is about the future and sustained success for the Lakers. And they haven't set themselves up for a bright future. They have no future. The Lakers are heading down a really, really dark path. One that I tried to tell everyone about, and I said so on this pod. And it might have been too late by that point. The Lakers had already started their course a, a year or two ago. When they took Lonzo Ball over De'Aaron Fox, when they let go of Julius Randle, who was a good player, tell me Julius Randle wouldn't be a, a nice asset besides LeBron James, him and Kyle Kuzma. I'd feel a little bit better about Kyle Kuzma if you had Julius Randle. They played the similar, they play similar positions, maybe the same position, but you'd have another scorer and rebounder and defender on the team. Magic Johnson's starting to see the writing on the wall, as is Rob Palinka, and probably so is LeBron James. They're seeing the writing on the wall. And the funny thing about that is, 
It's in my handwriting. Now it's time for the ads. This summer, there are going to be plenty of talk about free agents, and not just in the NBA, but specifically in the NFL. And ironically, they're both coming from the same exact team, I'm talking about Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. Um, Le'Veon Bell is actually a free agent, but Antonio Brown, he's obnoxiously forced his way uh, onto the trade market, so he's as good as gone. Uh, but he's not; he can't go wherever he wants. Um, he said he really wants to be with the 49ers, so I can you can erase that from from any possibility. The Steelers are not going to send him to a team that he wants to go to. So he's not he's not going to play for the 49ers. He's just not because that's where he wants to go. And the Steelers are not going to accommodate him on his way out. They could if they wanted to, they would send him or if they could, they would send him to Green Bay, the frozen tundra. The only reason they wouldn't do that is because if you put Antonio Brown alongside Aaron Rodgers, they're going to be a problem. So they're not going to send him to uh, Green Bay. Because they would just be way too good. The Steelers are trying to find a combination of, of poor city, like really bad nightlife, I guess, um, poor weather, and, and poor play. And not every team has all of that. I mean, you can't you can't combine a perfect scenario. And then they also want a team that doesn't play the Steelers. They're not going to send them to a place where they have to see them, you know, twice a year or every other year. So it, it's going to be complicated. So let's go ahead and do Le'Veon Bell first because it's easy. I mean, I, I like to do the easy stuff first. Now, there are the there are, here are a few teams that I think have a chance at Le'Veon Bell, and I and then I'll tell you who actually will get Le'Veon Bell. Uh, it's in no particular order. We're not doing any rankings or first to word or any of that stuff. We're just here are the teams: the Jets, the Colts, the Buccaneers, the Dolphins, the 49ers, and the Chiefs. Those are six teams that I all think I went way too fast there. The Jets, the Colts, the Buccaneers, the Dolphins. The 49ers and the Chiefs. I slowed it down a little bit for you. Those are all teams that have a need for running back or just Le'Veon Bell would just be a severe upgrade from what they already have. He, he's an upgrade for a lot of teams, actually. But those are the teams that are in the mix. Uh, I think the Buccaneers and the 49ers are both long shots. Um, I think they're in the mix, but they're going to be long shots because of the Bruce Arians just said uh, Antonio Brown was a huge diva. I don't think he's on national media. I don't think he's getting the next best, the next best thing. Uh, with Le'Veon Bell, but they do need a running back uh, really, really bad. And uh, the 49ers need a running back also, but it looks like they're going all in on Antonio Brown. So I don't know how much focus they would put in on uh, Le'Veon Bell. At the same, I don't think they'd get both of them. So uh, that leaves the Jets, the Colts, the Chiefs, and the Dolphins. And I think in that order is from most to least likely. I think the Dolphins will be in the mix just because he can go, uh, what is it called, ski jets? Or jet ski, he can go jet skiing whenever he pleases. So I think that's that's kind of a, an added benefit for Le'Veon Bell. But the other teams actually have a chance of winning, and they actually have money to spend. So I think the Dolphins are on that list, but not not extremely likely. Uh, the Jets can pay him the most money, but if you put Le'Veon Bell on the Colts or on the Chiefs, I would say both of those teams are instant Super Bowl favorites. Either one, I think they would be the favorite to win the Super Bowl next year if, if either of those teams added Le'Veon Bell. I mean, the Colts are already really good. Uh, well, that's here's that's that's the thing. They don't necessarily need Le'Veon Bell. He'd just be a great upgrade for them. Uh, the Colts have Marlon Mack, and the Chiefs have have found uh, Damian Williams. 
who's been more than serviceable. I mean, Damian Williams has been nice. He's not Le'Veon Bell, but he's pretty good. Um, I think if you put Le'Veon in either of those teams, they're instant Super Bowl favorites. Not contenders. I, I would say favorites. But I think, look, Le'Veon Bell was already on a winner. He was already on, on a Super Bowl contending team. The Steelers as dysfunctional and as confused as they are. They were Super Bowl contenders year in and year out with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. Now they lose both of them, so we'll see how next year works out for the Steelers. But he was already on a winner. His his beef was about money and not getting paid. So it comes down to who's going to pay Le'Veon Bell the most money. And I would say that's the Jets. Now the Jets would not be, you know, they wouldn't jump to Super Bowl contenders or favorites, excuse me, like the Chiefs or the Colts. But they would definitely make the playoffs. I mean, they were pretty, you know, they were respectable this year. And that was with Todd Bowles and uh, zero weapons on offense. You add Le'Veon Bell to that, you take a lot of pressure off of Sam Darnold. Um, and the rest, they have an offensive coach now, Adam Gates, who I think is a great hire. I think that's really going to work out for them. Uh, and they can pay him a lot of money. The Chiefs and the Colts can pay him, but not as. He's just trying to get as much money as he possibly can. Because he was already, if it was about winning, then I would say he's going to the Colts or he's going to, like, definitively, he's going to the Colts. There's no way around it. But he was already on a winning team. I, I think he's going to New York. It's in a big market, so he can get lots of endor- lots of endorsements as well. He'd be the, the poster child of that offense. He'd be the main focal point. Uh, my money's on Le'Veon Bell playing for the New York Jets next year. On to Antonio Brown, who is more difficult. Because you can't really throw a list of teams that are interested because not all not all teams who are interested are going to be allowed to bid on Antonio Brown because the Steelers, they're not going to send him to Baltimore or New England for sure, even though I think New England would definitely be interested. I mean, uh, I, I, I'm holding myself accountable. I said they had the worst roster in the postseason. Uh, I look pretty dumb after saying that. But tell me an Antonio Brown on the Patriots wouldn't be a, another 18-0 season, potentially 19-0. Tom Brady doesn't need any more talent on offense. I mean, they just they demolished the Chargers. Good Lord. I didn't look too smart after that game. But it'd be nice if the Patriots accommodated Tom Brady. It'd be nice of them if they could take some weight off of the shoulders of Tom Brady. I think, they, I think he would appreciate that, don't you? But the Steelers, that is the last team. That is the absolute last team the Steelers are going to trade Antonio Brown to. The Patriots, the Ravens, and the Cowboys. They're not sending him to any of those three teams. Even though I think all three teams should and probably will be interested. Uh, the Cowboys, they just got Amari Cooper. But Jerry Jones likes celebrities, likes to make a splash. Uh, and he'd make that team a lot better. You know, the Cowboys don't have a vertical or much of a vertical game, they kind of uh, they were improved with Amari Cooper, and then he kind of disappeared over the last, you know, three or four weeks of the season, including the playoffs. Maybe not his fault. That might be on Dak Prescott, but that's a different story. Um, here are the teams that I think are going to be interested: the 49ers, the Jets, as well. I think the Jets will be in on both Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. I don't think they'll get both, but they're going to be uh, in on both of them. The Colts, again, the same thing: Dolphins, Cowboys, Cardinals, Patriots, Broncos. I think the Broncos would be a really interesting. Uh, spot for him but here's a team here's a list of teams that the Steelers would actually consider sending him to the 49ers the Raiders and the Cardinals I think those are the three teams that the Steelers are looking at uh, because they're all terrible they're all really bad football teams and two of those three play in the NFC so they wouldn't have to see them uh, 
but once every four years. So I think that that's a benefit for the Steelers. Um, the Patriots, like I said, they're not, they're not. There's no way. I think Antonio Brown fits with the Patriots. I think that disciplined, focused, uh, you know, environment would really be. I mean, they they say that about everybody. You know, it, oh, if he, there's a player that's in trouble a lot, or he's, you know, Josh Gordon. That's what they said. Oh, if there's no, if he can't fit with the Patriots, then he's done. And unfortunately, it didn't work out for him. And uh, well, we're now we're getting to something else. But you get my point. The Patriots are always the teams that pe- if there's a dramatic player, or a diva player, or a, a player that's in trouble all the time. Everyone, oh, they can go to the Patriots and he'll succeed. Uh, Antonio Brown's not, you know, he's not a troublemaker. He's just dramatic and annoying. But I think if you put Antonio Brown with Tom Brady, that would be a sight to behold. And I don't think the Steelers want him to succeed at all. So those are the three teams that I think the, the Steelers will even consider sending. Antonio Brown to the 49ers, the Raiders, and the Cardinals, and least likely is the 49ers because that's where he wants to go. They're not going to accommodate him and send him. They're going to send him to the very last place he wants to go. Uh, maybe, and even then, I, I doubt it, Cincinnati because Cincinnati's cold. They're not very good, but he, they play in the NFC, AFC North. So they'd see him twice a year for what it, most likely the rest of his career. So they, they don't want to do that either. So it really narrows it down. They don't want to send him to – this is a problem. They're going to send him to a bad bad team with real bad weather. Even though the Raiders and the 49ers, you know, comfortable. I mean, it's it gets kind of cool in the Bay Area during the winter. But um, the Raiders are going to Vegas too, so there's something to think about. The Cardinals in Phoenix, it's just hot. And they play in a dome, but you have to live there also. I mean, it's just blistering heat uh, in Phoenix. So I, there, there's a real possibility. I, I feel like the Cardinals would be the favorite out of those three teams because the Raiders, they don't know what they're doing. They have no idea what they're doing. Why would you trade away Amari Cooper and then trade for Antonio Brown? I know Antonio Brown is an upgrade for Amari Cooper, but I was under the impression that the Raiders were blowing it up. Like, and bringing in Antonio Brown seems like a win now kind of move or maybe a win later kind of move. The Raiders are in a win never kind of move. They're, they're, they're toast. They're real bad. I love the Raiders because they're easy to talk about. They're easy to poke fun at. But this this doesn't make sense to me. I don't see the Raiders. Potentially, I mean, from a business standpoint, you're moving to Vegas. you got to get a star player. You just shipped out your two best players, and you're moving cities. You want to attract new fans in. I guess from a business standpoint, bringing in Antonio Brown, a, uh, you know, a drama king, playing for the, I think that would make sense, playing in Vegas. But I don't see, I I don't know. The Raiders, because it seems it would be an upgrade. This would be a pretty solid move for the Raiders, which makes me think they're not going to make this move because it's a good idea. And the Raiders are full of bad ideas. So I don't see this happening. That leaves the 49ers and the Cardinals. And I doubt, I doubt they're going to send Antonio Brown to the 49ers because that's where he wants to play. So he's going to go to Arizona. They're the only team that's desperate enough. I mean, which would be ironic because you're talking about a bidding war between the 49ers and the Cardinals, two divisional rivals. Um, John Lynch doesn't seem like the guy to give up a king's ransom. I mean, the Steelers, if they were to send a, send him to the 49ers, they would have to get a lot in return. And I don't see John Lynch just selling the farm over a receiver, um, even though Jimmy G needs some weapons. Both of these teams need weapons, and they need star you know, perimeter players, the Cardinals and the 49ers. But maybe more so the Cardinals, because they, they are bad. The Cardinals are really not good. They have Larry Legend, but he's not the vertical threat that he once was 
Um, they're bringing in Cliff Kingsbury. He loves to throw the ball. We don't know what Josh Rosen is. I'm not going to say he's a bust. The jury is still out. Give him more than one year. Their offensive line is horrendous. I mean, I don't even think this move really makes the Cardinals any better because Antonio Brown, are you kidding me? On the Cardinals with a rookie quarterback, there's no other stars on the team. And David Johnson, but he had a really awful year. Um, a first-year players coach Antonio Brown would eat that locker room alive. I mean, if you think he's having, he's making noise this year on the Steelers, who are actually good. Good lord! And then I could just see him button heads with Patrick Peterson left. This would not make the Cardinals any. This would make them worse. But I think they want to make a splash. They brought in Cliff Kingsbury. He likes to throw the ball. They need a vertical threat. They need a big name on offense. Um, other than the head coaches, other than Cliff Kingsbury, he's the biggest name on the team right now. They need to bring in a star player. I think they'll they'll kind of overbid on Antonio Brown. The Steelers will send him there because he doesn't want to. Um, he wants to go to the 49ers. They're not going to send him where he wants to go. The weather's it's too extreme for him. It's really really hot. Uh, and even still, I'm not completely sure this is where he's going to go. If I had to put my money, I don't know what the Steelers are thinking. I have no idea what Antonio Brown... And you get this. Antonio Brown is saying he wants to play for the 49ers. The 49ers never said they wanted Antonio Brown. It was Antonio Brown saying he wanted to play for the 49ers. So we don't even know if they want Antonio Brown. So we, I mean, this situation is going to be just bonkers from now until you know midsummer. We're going to be talking about Antonio Brown. Where's he going could he potentially even stay if, if no one if no one really wants to pay the price that the Steelers are asking for? He might end up staying with the Steelers. So, I mean, I would guess he would get sent to the Cardinals. But even still, uh, this is a tentative pick. I mean, I'm really not sure on this one. But if you force me to put my money on one team, not, the, uh, not name the Steelers, I would say the Arizona Cardinals. Let's get to our picks this week. So championship week is this week. Both games are on January 20th. That's this Sunday. Let me look at the two games here real quick. Uh, I know who's playing. I just want to check the times. Um, the Rams in New Orleans against the Saints at 12 o'clock. Remember, all times are Pacific. And the Patriots on the road at Arrowhead against the Chiefs at 3.30. It's listed as 3.40, but I hate those times. Like, Why do we have such obscure like start times? Like the World Series... I can't tell. Every game was like, oh, 5.25 or 5.14. Like, what? just pick a time. Just say 5 o'clock or 5.15 or 5.30. I hate when they oh, the kickoffs at 3.40, not 3.30 or 3.45. Make sure you're there on time. It's 3.30, okay? So the game starts at 3.30. I don't care. I hate, I hate that they do that. It really annoys me. So the game's at 3.30. It's listed at 3.40, but it's not. It's 3.30. That's the Pats and the Chiefs. I'm already upset about that game. I haven't even started picking yet, and I'm already irritated. Um, and I'm even more irritated because last week I kind of – it was a bad week. It was a bad week for Steven because, I mean, I, I picked the Chargers to go into Foxborough, and I felt – I was confident. It wasn't like, a, ooh, I'm hesitant about this one. I was very sure the, the Chargers were going to go into Foxborough and upset the Patriots, and I could not have been any more wrong <laughs> on, on that one. So I'm I'm kind of in a hole this week. I'm in a really I'm in between a rock and a hard place. Let's do the N- NFC first. The Rams and the Saints. Both of these games are going to be impossible to pick. I'd be surprised if I got one right this week. So I mean, take that with a grain of salt. Anything I say, just I mean, you know, listen. I'd appreciate it if you stuck around and listen, but uh, I'm probably going to be wrong. So just take that with a grain of salt. The Rams and the Saints. This game's going to be nuts. I can't I can't feel comfortable picking either one of these teams over the other one. They're both so evenly matched and 
a lot of people are leaning towards the Rams this week because uh, the Saints kind of had they they you know they dominated the Cowboys. It was the score was a little bit closer than what the game implied. Uh, they finished it was thirty to twenty two. It was a one possession game, but uh, they really dominated the entire game top to bottom. Um, and the Saints probably should have lost. I mean, uh, do I think the Eagles would have would have scored a touchdown? Would have would have scored. Um, had Alshon Jeffrey made the catch, probably I I, I do because they were driving down and they were just starting to heat up again, um, but they didn't, so they didn't, and the Saints won. And I said, make no mistake, that wasn't a bad performance by the Saints. That was a great performance by the Eagles. I said it last week. There's only one team, there's only one team in the NFC left that can beat the Saints in New Orleans. And it was the Philadelphia Eagles with Nick Foles. I mean, they had all the momentum. They were playing their underdog mentality where they were comfortable, where they like they like to play from behind. I felt there was that was the only team that could beat them in New Orleans was the Eagles. And they and they probably should have. I mean, again, I defended Cody Parkey. I will defend Alshon Jeffrey as well. I mean, you can't blame he should have caught it. He should have caught it. But Cody Parkey should have made the kick. I don't like when people crucify a player for making a mistake. You know, on the biggest on the biggest stage or, or whatever. I hate when people crucify and just blame athletes and they they tear them down on social media. It's stop it. But yeah, Cody Parker should have hit a field goal. Alshon Jeffrey should have made a catch, which he normally does. I think he only had three drops all year, which is good. I think for top five in the whole league, um, as far as his drop passes goes. I mean, that, that's great. He's got some of the best hands, and it, it happens. He, he just he tried to run before he caught the ball. And the Eagles lost. So that's all I have to say about that. Um, I like the Saints this week. I mean, especially at home. Jared Goff, he looked, he looked okay. He had that he had a big third down run uh, to extend the drive for a first down. That Essentially, that ended the game against the Cowboys. He, he looked like Drew Bledsoe trying to run. I mean, he just looked uncomfortable running outside of the pocket. But he got the first down anyway. The Cowboys had everyone covered but Jared Goff. And he took advantage of it. Um, but he's not the same guy outside of LA. I said this last week. He is not the same player outside of the Coliseum. And then you put him in a loud dome. I mean, uh, against the Saints, there's kind of there's it's the gumbo bowl. I mean, hit Marcus Peters and Sean Payton have kind of, well not really Sean Payton, but Marcus Peters has been talking some trash, you know. It's it, they're going to be highly motivated. I really really like the Saints this week. They're undefeated all time. The Saints are undefeated all time uh, during the Breeze and Peyton era at home. I think there's 7-0 or 8-0. That's why I'm not on the front page of Anchor. But they're undefeated. I know that for a fact. They're undefeated all time at home. I don't see the, the Rams going in. I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a fun game. Um, I'll take the Saints 30-28. to Really, really close game. Uh, but I think Drew Breeze is just going to outduel Jared Goff. I think Todd Gurley is going to have a big hand in this game running the football. Um, and I think it's just going to be too much of Drew Brees, you know, doing what Drew Brees does. If the the Rams are going to have any kind of chance of beating the Saints, they're going to have to stop. Michael Thomas had himself a game last week. Good Lord, seven catches, 128 yards. I think it was 128. I'm not sure. That's why I'm not on the front page. But they played well last week. That's who they. That's who they got to stop. There's one guy you got to stop. I would say not Alvin Kamara. I would say Michael Thomas because he makes some big plays. In, in big situations, but I like the Saints this week, 30 to 28. Now here's the game that's making me, uh, I don't want to pick, I really don't, but I have to, the Patriots and the Chiefs. Now this is really, really hard because I don't know who any of these teams are. I don't know who these teams are. 
the Chiefs are, you know, they're questioned about their youth, their inexperience, and it's really mostly, you know, questions about Patrick Mahomes. Everyone's expecting him to fall, you know, fall from grace pretty much. Can he keep this going? Uh, you know, the, the he's spectacular. Patrick Mahomes is the best. Everyone, you know, everyone, but everyone's ex- want, waiting for him, you know, to kind of fall off a cliff. Like, well, how long can he really do this? And so there's a lot of questions about the Chiefs. And I, even me, I love Patrick Mahomes, but I kind of sense it too. Like, how long? How long can he keep this going? In his first year as a starter, you're really hesitant to pick them. And then the Patriots, I said, and man, they really made me look dumb. I said they were the worst roster in the postseason. And I still stand by that. I mean, if you look at all their players, they're not as talented as the Saints. They're not as talented as the Rams. They are definitely not as talented as the Chiefs. But they're one of the best teams. They're the Patriots for a reason. So it's like, I don't know who to pick and can we stop talking about the weather i know this is like i switched gears really quick there but everyone's start talking about the arctic blast or is that's literally the the title they gave it is it happening is it not happening who cares they're playing in kansas city in january yes it's going to be cold newsflash it's going to be 80 degrees in miami tomorrow shocker like i don't get where why everyone is so surprised that it's going to be cold the highest projected i think nine degrees fahrenheit um for whatever who cares i mean the chiefs just won a freezing cold game at home last week so i don't know why it's a big deal now and a lot of idiots on twitter twitter was really making me upset last week because everyone was picking the colts against the chiefs uh remember i said it last week the colts were the new team of the week everyone was picking the colts and they which i get the colts are a good team but the reason why people were picking the colts infuriated me they said the Colts are going to win, and it's not, I can't say names because it was a multiple people, it was a lot of people who said, the Colts are going to win because it's so cold. They, this is an advantage for the Colts. The Chiefs are not used to cold weather. Hold the phone. They're playing in Arrowhead Stadium where the Chiefs' home field is located. How is How are they not used to the cold if this is their home stadium? Number two, the Colts play in a dome inside I don't, oh, I was just so furious last week. So I don't think the weather is going to play a big, it's going to be cold. I mean, it'll play a factor in the game, but I don't think it's going to, oh, the Chiefs are going to lose because it's cold. They're playing at home. I mean, come on, guys. We got to get, people are just looking for, you know, for reasons to, you know, doubt Patrick Mahomes and what they should be doubting him for, not because he's he's young, because he's playing against Bill Belichick. Look what he did to Phillip Rivers, who's a seasoned veteran, had one of the best statistical years of his career. Look what he did to him. He made him look lost and confused last week. Um, but they did play in New England. They've played earlier in this year. Uh, it was a f- really fun game. It was on uh, NBC. It was a primetime game, nationally televised. It was a great, fun game. And the Chiefs, again, probably should have won that game. Uh, the Patriots, I don't want to say they stole it, but they, they, they did win that game. Um, in the end, the you know, as the Patriots do, they kind of sneak away with a lot of wins. Not taking it away, not taking away any credit from the Patriots, but it was it was a close win, is what I'm trying to say. And the Chiefs had a lead and they and they blew it. Um I don't know how much of that game will have. It was a long time ago. I think it was early in the year, week five, week six, something like that. I don't know how much of a factor that game's gonna play in there. Um my heart is with Patrick Mahomes. And I hate to bail on all the, all the comments I made of the, the worst the Patriots being the worst rock. I hate I don't like to backpedal. I hate it. I hate making a hot take or whatever and then having to backpedal. I'm that's not me. Um, but it's the Patriots. I can't pick against the Patriots. You, it's it's a, it's like in the Constitution. You don't pick against the Patriots twice in a row. 
you, you just don't like look at the revolutionary war because that's who the patriots are named after they're named after like the colonists or whatever great britain they picked against the patriots and they lost the revolutionary war and then in the next war what was the next war after the war of 1812 or something like that uh, you know, uh, Great Britain and the U.S. were allies. So you never, you never ever pick against the Patriots twice. Just ask uh, Great Britain. And it's a win-win situation for me because if I pick the Patriots and they win, I get to be right. I mean, I get to come back next week and say, yeah, see, I told you so, the Patriots. And if they lose, I get the benefit of not jinxing Patrick Mahomes. I don't want to be the reason Patrick Mahomes loses. I don't want to pick him and then he lose you know, on national te- on national television, and then everyone you jinx Patrick Mahomes. So I'm picking the Patriots this week, and then if they lose, I get to put the jinx on the Patriots. Not that I hate. I'm not a Patriots hater. I am not. Let's get that out of the way. But I do. I just have a lot of doubts about the roster. Even still, after they demolish the Chargers at home, I'm still kind of doubtful. But I'm taking the Patriots this week, 27 to 20. And Bill, I mean, this is what Bill Belichick does. He feasts on young quarterbacks. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, good luck to him. I mean, I I hope the Chiefs win. I I don't think they will. I mean, the smart decision is to take the Patriots 27 to 20 on the road. This would be their third straight Super Bowl. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous territory they're going to. And going in the Super Bowl, I don't know if I could pick them against the Rams or the Saints. But uh, we'll save that for, you know, early February. Time for the quote of the week. Okay, let's finish off the show in, you know, let's, I know the audio is terrible and it sounds like I'm underwater right now. So let's try and finish off on a strong note. This is the last time I'm ever using this thing. I promise you it's the last time I'm ever using it. So let's finish on a strong note. Uh, Quote of the week time, quote, I apologize for being that young player that wanted everything at his fingertips, Kyrie Irving. And he said this, I think it was last night. It was very rare. It's very rare that I get a quote of the week like the day before or, you know, like the day of. I, I usually get the quote of the week pretty early during the week and then I save it. But this one really caught my eye. The, the uh, Celtics had a – in what was a really fun game to watch last night, they played against the Raptors at home. And it was a great win for them. They were down. They came all the way back. And, uh, man, Kyrie Irving had some clutch shots at the end to kind of give them the lead and then build the lead and then just ice it. Kyrie Irving was fantastic. It was a great game. Uh, The Boston crowd, I mean, I hate them. But they were really loud. They were really fun. I mean, just it felt like a playoff. It really felt like a playoff game. I hate when people say that. It felt like a playoff atmosphere when you're in the middle of the season. But it really did. I mean, those are two teams that we're probably going to see in the Eastern Conference Finals, the Raptors and the Celtics. So it was a great game to watch. And after the game, you know, the Celtics have had kind of some turmoil inside because Kyrie Irving was calling out, you know, the, the youngsters on his team. And the youngsters on his team was saying, shut up, old man. You don't know anything. The future's now. Um... And then he called, he said after the game last night that he called LeBron James, who, which he had a very public, um, I don't want to say falling out, but a public dispute, let's say, uh, in Cleveland when he requested, he demanded a trade, he didn't request, he demanded a trade to get out of Cleveland. They sent him to Boston, the rest is history. But he said, I apologize for being that young player that wanted everything at his fingertips. And I liked that, it was very interesting because what he was saying is that it's come full circle. You know, his time in Cleveland, he was still really immature. He, he filled, I'm not saying he was immature, even though he, Probably was. We don't know because we don't know those guys in the locker room. But he was basically saying that, you know, he, it's come full circle now that he's the leader. He's trying to teach the same lessons that LeBron was teaching him in Cleveland. And he wasn't absorbing it maybe as well as he should have. And he feels like the guys in Boston, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, all those youngsters, aren't appreciating or really absorbing or listening to him as much as maybe they should. And 
you know, that's I think that's another, you know, uh, controversy waiting to happen because they're saying, well, what do you mean we're not? I think that's it. It's not really going to help the Celtics a lot. I think it's going to fix the relationship with LeBron and Kyrie, which is nice. But the reason I thought it was so interesting, because everything comes back to the Lakers here, is it's so there's so many parallels between Kyrie and LeBron and Shaq and Kobe, because later in Kobe's career, and he said this during like the players only uh, interview on I think it was NBA, uh, NBA TV, where they, you know where they sit across, they did one with Magic and then Isaiah Thomas, they did one with Kevin McHale and Larry Bird, they just sit there and talk. It's just a whole hour of them just sitting and having a conversation, which I like. It's MC's very real and very fun, uh, and they have one with uh, Shaq and Kobe. And they were just talking about, you know, their their years together, the great, the great run they had in the beginning of the 2000s. Uh, they're falling out, and then their careers, you know, uh, without each other. And uh, Kobe said, you know, I didn't realize, and I had this in the most Kobe comment ever. He said, I didn't realize how great Shaq was until I played with Dwight Howard. And I just love that. And he said it again. He told he said that before that interview. Then he brought it up again with Shaq. He said, I didn't really appreciate you as much as I should have until much later, until it was, it was way too late, you know. He had Dwight Howard, and then he eventually got Robert Sacre, then he had uh, Roy Hibbert, you know, just a, a string of just all-time centers. And, uh, you know, it, it just really struck, it just really struck, that resonated with me, you know, it kind of, it really caught my eye. It was very interesting to me, because it makes you wonder, at that time, if they had brought back Shaq, he still had like three prime years left. He had three years left in his prime, did Shaq. He won a title with uh, Dwayne Wade. And uh, he probably still had two more years left in the tank. You add Phil Jackson to that. Kobe was just just entering his prime. I mean, that was he probably had like eight or you know five to eight years prime. Kobe still left, so it's just a shame. And then you think about you know LeBron, how how great he's been and how great Kyrie's been. You know, it's just, if you they had found a way to work it out, just what could have been. And uh, it's unfortunate they don't figure the you know they don't really realize these. They don't realize these things at the time, but you like that eventually they they do you know they do figure these things out as Kobe said you know I didn't I didn't realize until I had Dwight Howard you know how special it was to have Shaq and Kyrie Irving didn't realize you know the lessons that LeBron was trying to teach and the way you know he he treated people and the way he acted in the locker room it was all for a reason and uh, you know I really like that it's uh, un- we'll never know how how many more titles the Lakers would have won or how many more titles the Cavs would have won probably zero for the Cavs cuz they still have to play the Warriors but um I really like that Kyrie extended you know kind of an olive branch to LeBron and apologized and ironically get this when LeBron got the call from Kyrie guess who he guess who he was having dinner with Kevin Love he was at dinner with Kevin Love when he got the call from Kyrie so yeah, it was just a really nice moment I really liked that Kyrie kind of came around and uh you know, it's it seems like he's coming full circle. No pun intended. He's not he's not flat anymore. It's a full sphere now for Kyrie Irving, and uh, Kobe always, you know, very uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Very intellectual. So he's always he always kind of reflects, and uh, you know, he was able to share that moment with Shaq. I see a lot of parallels between uh, Shaq and Kobe, and Kyrie and LeBron. That's the end of our episode this week. Uh, yeah, I know. Just applaud because we don't have to hear this ridiculous microphone anymore. Uh, you can listen on Apple Podcasts. You can listen on Anchor Podcasts, who I am currently uh, disappointed in. You can listen on Spotify. A few people were listening on Spotify. I've never had anyone listen on Spotify uh, until this past week, so that, that was good. Um, and you can listen on Google Podcasts. Uh, I'm really, really sorry about the audio this week. I mean, I'm really sorry. I, I know, I know, it's really, really bad, but. Uh, 
it's not gonna happen again. So uh, there's that. I'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the games. Uh, January twentieth is uh, the championship games. That's all that's going on that day. So uh, I'll talk to you guys next week.